0: My top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you're at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription, then rating and reviewing it wherever you're listening. Don't so worry about change up. the cast won't break up. Even with that million dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media, so welcome to the show, please take your seat, let's find out what he's got in store this week, who me, I'm Don Will, you're open to thanks for coming out, please clap. The Mundane Festival, with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lamberth, recording this episode on Sunday, April 16th, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen Give this show a five-star review, let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you want to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival and subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 642. There's no guest. It's just me sitting in my apartment that I need to clean up. Um, I've been really busy this weekend. My apologies to the six of you that like getting this show at 1201 um, on Sunday morning. My apologies. I was really busy living this exciting life that I like to live as a working actor, uh, a uh, comedian, and a guy with a day job. You want to know how exciting my life is? Right before um, right before I turned this device on to record this broadcast, I talked to my mom. Uh, we were talking about a nest that a bird, I think it's a robin's nest, that was under the um, house. Uh, it, there's this enclosure that My parents made under the house where they stored they stored stuff. And on the on top of the grill there, a robin laid some made a nest for her baby robins to be born. And um, there's four eggs there. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to have to call animal control or um, somebody because the neighbor looked at it. The next door neighbor looked at it and they're not around until Tuesday. So for some reason, they're not working on Mondays. Uh, That's like a barbershop thing. They have (laughs) they have they have barbershop hours. Um, And so I'm going to that that was pretty exciting. Um, And I was also looking at new Brita pictures that I might order from Amazon. I was thinking about ordering uh, a new one. Because my other one cracked. I think I dropped it or something. I don't know how it got broken. I don't remember at this point. But I do need a filter. So I might have to remedy that situation. So along with a a robin's nest in my childhood home. And uh, I want to get that removed as safely and humanely as possible. Because if I don't, my mother will worry the shit out of me until... I don't know how how much she'll worry, but she will. So that's the thing. And um, possibly a new Brita picture in my life. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening to this uh, riveting podcast over the years. For over 10 years, I've been doing this thing. I don't know that I've mentioned it uh, much. The anniversary came up um I don't know if there it was it was in March. So we're in it was last month. And I remember seeing something about the podcast on Facebook memories. Facebook memories, you know, they kind of they creep up on you. I don't look at them too much. But when they do, um, it's it can be pretty neat. I I looked at it. You know, there's a lot of bullshit going on in the world today. It's a lot of stuff that will that can bring you down. I mean, I, I just had the news on after the, uh was it the, the Lakers and Grizzlies game? I'd taken a nap. Hadn't taken a nap in a long time. I took myself a nap. And I woke up to and was watching the, lad, the Lakers demolish the, the Grizzlies. And then after that, these people got shot. These people got shot here. And in this city, these people got shot. It's just, if it bleeds, it leads, right? But damn. And it's a lot of things that can get you down in the world, but I was thinking about this last week. I'm really... There's things that I want to do in my life. There's more that I want to do. But for the most part, I'm really happy with my life. I was I was at the Borgata last weekend. And I had I had fun there working. I, I think that's the most fun is artistically being on stage. Like performing. I've had fun being at the Borgata. Um... that's that's become that's become my um like just kind of like my getaway like the last five years that i've gotten to work there it's kind of like a getaway for me because it's 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 still i'm still kind of in town but i'm not and but i'm just away i'm just away for a little bit and you can kind of clear your head and stuff and you're on a resort, and it's pretty neat. You don't have to leave. There's been times when I was there that I didn't leave. One one time it was because of the winter, but anyway, I was down there, I had a good time, and um, but the night the the day that I got down there, I got down there like late Friday afternoon, and I was just like looking at my computer, looking at scrolling through stuff, and I get to Facebook, and I see this memory. And then it kind of triggered me going back through old memories. And it was a lot of stuff of me doing stand-up and, and living the life that I chose to live. And I'm pretty happy with that. Um, and all the all the cool things that I've done. And uh, it, it's really good to look back sometimes. Um, life's not always perfect, but it, it can be pretty beautiful too. And just looking at some of the collages of little albums that i made uh with with and having it associated with stand-up and it's really it really warmed my heart and i didn't i don't think i mentioned that on the patreon side but i think i i I, i'm gonna i'm doing it now on the main feed and um i've really been able to have a pretty good life so far of course there's i don't want to be complacent but um looking back on all the people that i've met the uh, because when I moved here, I didn't know anybody. I had some family friends that, um, that I knew that lived uh, in the suburbs, and they were kind to me when I first moved here, and helped me get my my job that I that I eventually left that I stayed at too long, <laughs> and um, that was great. And um, but then like you as far as, far as uh, being an artist is concerned it was really a um um it's been a it's been a a long road it's been it's been a it's been a really uh interesting uh path that i've taken so i i'm really i'm just really appreciative of it i uh, this was my um Friday the fourteenth of April of this month is uh, my late great dad, Aubrey Lambert. That that was his birthday. And uh, I remember one of the last, I'll never forget it, but uh, I've mentioned this a lot on, on the show since he's passed. Uh, he asked me if I was happy. And uh, I told him, yeah, I said, you know, there's stuff that I want to do, but I'm living the life that I wanted to live. That I said when I was a kid that I wanted. And uh, I'm I'm doing it. And uh, he and my mother uh, helped me get there. They put me in the position to be successful. They put me on the playing field so I could compete with people that maybe not have been more, more talented than me. Uh, that That probably had more money. More resources. And they put me on an equal level and they put me uh in the positions to be successful and i i feel like i've done that and i feel like there's there's way there's there's a long there's a longer road to go there's it's, it's not over there's more for me to do and i and i think that um that I'm, I'm capable of it there's things that i need to do internally to uh be better but i think that's what everybody's trying to do for the most part trying to get better every day there's this um There's this record uh, from uh, Joey Badass called Legendary that he did with uh, J Cole, and he I I fucking love that song. It's uh, man, I didn't even know I was gonna talk about this, but let me let me let me look it up for you guys. You know, let me just look it up. I'm I might I'm probably gonna ramble in this episode. You know, uh, the the a lazier Chris. Would have just oh I'll just do a podcast later. I don't know. But I took a nap and I'm low key energized, guys. So let me try to find this record. So this is uh this is on Joey Badass's second how do you how would you say this? Second studio album called All American Badass. And it's uh it's legendary with J. Cole. I don't know if I could look at the lyrics. Can you look at the li- view? Full lyrics. He says something about getting better. Is this this is legendary? Always been my mission, never secondary. Getting better every January is very scary. They're gonna recognize him, but he says it way cooler than I do. But I always like that that line always stuck sticks out for me. Getting better every January. This is this is uh, full disclosure. This is one of the songs on my pre-show uh playlist that I made on Apple Music. I don't I don't do the Spotify thing. I I I have that Apple bundle where you pay for I don't know what the hell else am I paying for? Uh the uh the Apple Music and something else where they, they force you to <laughs> they force you to fucking pay for. It. I don't know. But yeah, I, I was that had me thinking about that. Facebook memories and and um it's not it ain't all bad it's easy to dwell on your problems and stuff like that and i have them i think everybody uh has them but uh it, it's easy to kind of focus on those things but i've met a lot of really cool people i met um some not so great that's me being negative but for the most part everybody is are they're pretty decent i've i've been able to carve out a path and be respected by my peers in the community, even though I'm not famous. Uh, there's a lot of people whose respect that I have uh, in this craft of uh, stand up. So it's something that I've always wanted to do since I was a kid. And I've said, you know, with the past like eight to 12 months, uh, I've kind of had this, uh, my love rekindle for the craft. I never. Fell out of love with it since I started, but I think it, I just kind of got re-energized, I'd say. So I'm in the course of trying to book more shows and stuff and uh, and and seeing what happens with with certain things that I'm working on. And um, yeah, so so it felt good to be. And I think being at the Borgata that weekend last weekend was just one of those things where like I was like, wow, I feel Freer than I've ever felt down there, uh, because some you know you don't want to get too graphic or whatever it is, but I, I kind of because I've worked with people where you know they say you they want you to be PG thirteen they want you to you know not be too um, off your rocker. I'm I'm a relatively clean comic anyway, but uh, there are certain things things in my act that can be a little butt, button pushy. Uh, but if you're a grown up, I mean, it, it's not it's not that it's not that bad. But I uh, was happy with my work over the weekend at in Atlantic City at the Borgata. So um, yes, yeah, so that was good. So my dad's birthday was Friday, and in honor of him, uh, I went to work. <laughs> he would have liked that. Uh, I earned some money. And uh, I got I just got some takeout and uh, I had a I have some uh, I had a, a glass, an adult beverage, uh, some Hibiki Japanese whiskey on the rocks. And um, I watched a Katie Holmes movie. If you know my act, you know, uh, my dad bought me a Dawson's Creek poster when I was in college. It's on Failed Running Back. She happened to have this movie that came out called uh, Rare, Rare Objects that she adapted from a I think She adapted from a novel and uh, she directed it. She co-wrote it with someone. And um, I'll probably talk about that one on Patreon today. I'll talk about stuff I've seen in the theater and I'll I'll maybe have someone try to see if we can get uh, Veronica back on and uh, talk to her about some. Do a letterbox dump with maybe her or Tim, something like that, something fun. Um, so I did that, and today, when when I was when I was in college, and I started to my interest in in a lot of art house indie movies uh, grew started to grow. My dad, he would he and I would go to the movies. I think one of the we would go we I think when I started to get older we didn't go that much, but we would watch movies together. Like, I'd... You know, when he... After he retired, I would buy him... I'd buy movies for him and send it, send them to him from Amazon. I'd buy him, like, DVDs or Blu-rays and I remember buying him, a like, a, a Blu-ray player and all that jazz and stuff. So we'd watch movies together and talk, but just one time in particular... I think I've talked about this on the show. Like, I... There was, um... I think it's it might be my favorite Sofia Coppola movie, The Virgin Suicides. I think it is because of what's attached to it. Because I read the novel first, and I was going to undergrad at Mount Saint Mary's College, which is now a university, and that was up in Emmitsburg, Maryland, and which is if you don't know where that is, it's uh, it's maybe it's fifteen minutes south of historic Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And about an hour and a half from where I grew up in PG County, uh, this is an hour and a half from my parents' house, and it's close to like Baltimore too, and all that jazz. And I just read the, I read the book because I was excited to see the movie, and I didn't think I get the cops are coming after me for being a <laughs> Sofia Coppola uh, fan, at least of her. Before I knew that, she did that movie and took out the black girl in that confederacy movie. I didn't see that one. I don't know if I'm not seeing it out of protest or I'm just not. I'm. Not, it's not out of protest. It's like, uh, do I really? Uh, uh. Anyway. Just remember uh, Not. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to see this until DVD. So I'll uh, just you know, I'll read the book and just get it on DVD. But I remember my dad and I went to Georgetown and saw it. Because it's like, oh, let's try to see it. And I didn't know my way around DC. I still don't. Uh, and my dad n- knew his way around. So we, we just ended up going. This was like, Jesus, that was 23 years ago if that movie came out. Did Virgin Suicides come out in 99 or 2000? I think it came out in uh, 2000. 99, actually. Okay, so I would have been going into my... When I've been going into my sophomore year. So, it said release date. Release date April 21st, 2000. I felt like I was uh, going into my junior year. Anyway, they said it came out in... Uh, oh, Cannes Film Festival 99, April 21st in 2000. So, by the year 2000... The year 2000! Um... That was, uh, I would have been, I'd have been a, I'd have been a sophomore. Yeah, I'd have been a sophomore in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think ending my, ending my, almost ending my sophomore year of college. So that, my dad and I just went and I just remember uh, just really having a good time. But he he was just one of those dudes, those parents that were just fucking there all the time almost all the time, when he couldn't be there he was pr- most likely working and shit but he was there, so he was just like, we would go uh, to the movies together, he'd show me how to get somewhere, and then I would drive out there, sometimes we'd do a dry run and then we'd go to like some cool restaurant and eat, not necessarily swanky, I'm, I'm talking about shit like Uno's it, was, it wasn't anything super classy but I just remember just having like good times with him and uh, so, today, I I went to see... A, I'll, I'll talk about this. I'll review this movie and tell you about it a little later. So, this morning, um, I went to an early screening in the city and went to see this new Michelle Williams film that I've been in. Kelly Reichard, Michelle Williams, starring film. Kelly Reichard directed Michelle Williams' lead in the film called Showing Up. And it's with Michelle Williams and Hong Chow. Mm-hmm. And Andre Benjamin, a.k.a. Andre 3000 of OutKast, they're in this little small indie film. And uh, I went to see that and I went to after the movie, I went, drove out to Parsippany, New Jersey and went to Fuddruckers because that was a place that was my favorite. That's my favorite restaurant. And my dad and I went there a bunch of times. So. I just celebrated him on his birthday and had like a birthday weekend and I think I'll con- try to continue to do something that reminds me of him in a positive light. I mean, he's a fucking great guy, he's a lot of positive things. Uh but um yeah, it was it was just good to to get to do that and uh yeah. Sucks that he's not here, but I wanted to do something cool. So I think I'm going to start to I'm going to, uh, yeah, I just, I'm going to do that on his birthday. Have a nice, nice, uh, adult beverage. He quit drinking in his forties though, but now I'm, no, I'm drinking in my forties, baby. No, I'm not really an alcoholic, but every now and then always in moderation. Nice. Um, it's nice to have an adult beverage anyway. Um, So I, yeah, my weekend's been busy. Yesterday I spent, I didn't record an episode because I was waiting for my car to get fixed. I had a bunch of work done on my car that was a lot of money. You ever spent, had one of those where you spend a huge chunk of your paycheck on your car? I paid my car off recently uh, within the last few months. It's been a struggle because they tried to fuck me with um I got in a car accident in twenty sixteen and my car got totaled and I didn't have gap insurance. So if I'd have had gap insurance, if my and your if you have gap insurance, your car gets totaled, the the loan gets paid off for that vehicle. And then you I think they give you money towards your next one. Uh, or or you just, that car that got totaled is paid for, and I think you just start from scratch. I don't know. People that know that, I didn't have it, because I was that was the time, that was the time, I tried to do a bit about it, where I got in this car accident. No. When I got my, I had a Hyundai Sonata. When I had, I used to have a Ford, a Ford Explorer, and that was dying after I paid it off. It started dying out. And I was scared because I it wasn't gonna pass inspection, and my mother said, "Why don't you just try to get a new car? Try to get a used car or something." And I went in and got the car, but like when I should have signed up for the gap insurance, but the monthly payment was gonna be too much. But I probably should have done it. You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But my mom, she was right, and she said, you know, you just go go to like Enterprise, try to get a new car, and I did, and I got that Sonata and that was the one that got total but i had that sonata and i was uh uh i remember my dad saying man i'm really proud of you 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 got you walked in there and you got a car and you didn't have to put me or your mother's name on it that he was that was a moment where he was proud of me there's some other stuff that i'm saving that i'm if i ever do i i think i've got gotten, gotten some good laughs on that joke but it's really dark um but um but yeah that was another time and I remember being at Fud Ruckers when he told me that there used to be a Fud Ruckers in Wayne New Jersey they're shutting them down there's only there's only two in New Jersey that I know of I think there's only two they say Fud Ruckers is dying but then a black dude opened up Rod sent me a thing where they the black guy started to buy him back or put money in it or something I want to look now I'm Now I'm going to look it up. But I I think Fuddruckers is amazing. I think it's great. The burgers are fresh. The ingredients, the the toppings are fresh. There's some... Well, they say this this is a black dude. I think it... Houston. Houston Houston-based Fuddruckers new owner becomes first... Oh, this is the black guy. Okay. Houston-based Fuddruckers new owner becomes first african-american to own national burger 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 franchise he shares big plans to, this is 2021 in june Luby's that's they're associated with Ruckers. i think lubies is a store a, a restaurant in texas the people from texas maybe randolph or tim uh miller knows in June, Louis announced an agreement to sell its Ruckers franchise business operations to Black Titan Franchise Systems, LLC, owned by Nicholas Perkins in a deal valued at $18.5 million. So, yeah, I like a black guy. The headquarters. Oh, OK, I see. I see. Company's headquarters will remain in Houston with the new Franchise Support Center. Reintroduce Ruckers increase marketing, better supply. Okay, he also hosts a restored to franchise, restored a franchise to its former glory of five hundred restaurants. So I think maybe they're in the process of rebuilding. I still follow them on. I started following them on Instagram not too long ago. I, I maybe a year ago, but um, that's my favorite place. And I remember being at Fuddruckers, getting dinner uh, after spending all that time in the uh, <laughs> and trying to get that car that I got. Um... Yeah. So I anyway, but like most people know, when you after you finish paying a vehicle off, then it starts like giving you more trouble. And I had gotten tires. I got. uh, And then I I needed I got brakes and I got all this other stuff done, stuff that I think uh, is going to hopefully make it last a few more years until I become a series regular on a sitcom or something or a TV show or whatever, I don't know. But I hope it it lasts me for a good while. Thankfully, I have this job where I work remotely. So I'm I'm happy about that. I don't have to drive it as much. I don't I don't know. It whatever. It is what it is. All right. So I've I've rambled I've rambled there. I've been rambling for 26 minutes. Wow. That's pretty good. I hope I hope some of it's enlightening. Um, so I got car work done on Saturday so I was just kind of chill. I've been playing God of War. I'm almost done with it. Uh, just the main quest. people want you to do all these side quests and shit and I'm like, I just want to finish this story. I might go back but if I if I'm strong enough, if I'm as Kratos, if I'm strong enough to beat all these monsters and stuff, I'm good. But that, but it makes it. It's really fulfilling when you can just beat the shit out of some of these big, huge monsters. Um, maybe I'll go. But hopefully, I I saw where they just they added a new game plus, and I haven't. So I haven't been the game, so I don't know all the features. But it it is. It is really. It's a fun game. Once you get locked into something, I wasn't able to get locked in. I think I was talking about this on the Patreon. I wasn't able to get locked in. So. As I've been playing it, it's really cool, and I still follow these uh, strategy guides. If it's something that I get stuck on, I'm not paying. I'm not paying eighty, ninety bucks for these games to try to figure that shit out on my own. I was watching this this dude. Uh, I was fighting this one boss last night, and I said, "I got the I got the spear. I got the weapon that was forged in the in the the sea of." whatever the fuck in some secret realm and i can't beat this guy this guy's kicking my ass he's like dodging everything and then i looked at this this dude i am going to i'm, gonna, I'm gonna trying to find him i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna shout him out i'm gonna shout out this black youtube <coughs> this black youtube uh content creator let me see uh IGN's helped me with the main quest, but like they don't tell you how to they don't tell you how to beat nobody. Um Let me see, where is he at? His name is the Untouchable Wolf. And he's got it all in one in one in one all together. The Yeah. So I don't know if you're if you're into these video games like God of War, Elden Ring and so forth. He shows you how to <coughs> Excuse me. He shows you how to beat these these fuckers. And uh, I've been enjoying that. I think there's like th- 3 to 4 more quests that I have to go on to to beat the beat it on like the the story mode. But I'm just so backed up with games one a, a guy that I went to uh grad school with, he posted the trailer for the new Legend of Zelda game that's coming out on Nintendo Switch next month. And shout out to the homie Matt Jenkins. He's He's been telling me, oh, you gotta get it, dude. I did get the first Zelda, but it has not come out of its packaging yet. And uh, um, he wasn't too happy about that. Neither was one of my friends from uh, grad school He's, he loves, I think he's exclusively a Nintendo Switch guy. And he posted the uh, trailer and I was like, oh, that looks great, man. And I was like, I haven't even opened up the first one. Not that it's bad because they say, folks say, people in the industry say that Breath of the Wild is one of the greatest video games ever made. Now, you know, I'm a Last of Us guy, but I'm not an idiot. I know that that Zelda game is, it looks beautiful. Like, I, I've said this before. Like, I've watched Matt play it. Like, he he has, like, all the weapons and all that shit. And I, I, I just, man, it, it looks it looks great. But then when you get these games, you just got to start out at, you just start from scratch. And you got to go on the, you got to dedicate 20-plus hours to it, to really, to beat it and all that stuff. But... I just haven't had the time, but now that I've made time for it, uh, I really do. I mean, God of War Ragnarok is was last year's game of the year, so it's not like I'm telling you guys anything new for those of you that that game. But it is it is really fun, and and it made me realize. I said, like, "Oh my God, I really love playing video games. This was so much fun. It, it was so good." So I was I was doing that most of the day, waiting on. Um, Waiting on my car, um, and I. I uh, so I, that's kind of what I was doing Saturday. Uh, so I, I. I had to. Um, I had to drop it off, uh, drop it off, and and take an Uber home, and then take one, not an Uber, a Lyft. And it's funny because a couple days ago, I got this message. I got tagged in this post about this woman. Uh, She's and she, it's it's. She tagged Lyft, Logan Green and John Zimmer, and I was the last person there. Uh Lyft, you suck. I'm a I'm first time user, disabled female, 61 years old, stuck on ER at 3 a.m. You took my money, no car came, won't refund me. Do you really care? No. billion profit add my $25 yes you suck i think you just call customer service and uh get that taken care of i don't i don't see why they wouldn't give her her money back logan green is the founder and ceo of lyft john zimmer is a co-founder but i'm like why the fuck am i in it i didn't do shit i had actually had a pretty good uh a pretty good like lift experience. I talked to this guy. He was nice taking me home. He went kind of went the long way to take me home. Well, I felt like it might have been the long way, but I don't think it, that matters in the cab like the price is predetermined. But he actually talked and he was fr- he was from the U- he was from England and he was he was going he was telling me about going to watch soccer with his buddies at noon. And I said, you know, I'm not really, I don't play. I just know FIFA. I knew, used to know FIFA. And we talked about that. Then we talked about music. And I told him about my buddies, uh, Alexis Guerreros and Christian Polanco. And uh, the Cooligans. I told him about that. And um, Alexis's new show on Paramount Plus on the, oh, I don't, but Alexis Guerreros, if you don't follow him, if you should follow him, he's a friend of the pod he's got a new gig <coughs> oh, oh excuse me guys oh I'm getting finally getting over a bit of a cold um and uh I, that was good he was really nice And then the next guy he just he didn't really talk so I tried to say oh is it rain it's gonna does it just start it's been cloudy all day do you think it's gonna rain cause that's kinda like if you don't know what to say you kinda talk about the weather I tried to open up and he was just like yeah okay and i was like all right buddy i tipped him he was nice he got me there and um i dropped some major coin at the Goodyear, and um yeah that's kind of been it like i had two good uber Lyft rides not uber but Lyft, but this woman i don't know i'm like why am i in it jesus just do customer service, they're not, you think they're going to look at that and say, oh, let me get back to you. Some companies do, though. AMC did that once. One time I complained about that, that movie, uh, what's the movie that, that Michael B. Jordan and was in the rom-com he was in? I recently bought that movie on, on, like, iTunes. What the heck is the name of that movie? Uh, Oh shit. Oh, man. That's bad. It's one that people forget, but that that awkward moment. They had a display, and I just was kind of making a joke. I was like, oh, man, why why is Michael B. Jordan's picture facing towards the wall? You can't even see it. And they changed it. <laughs> I saw where they changed that shit. Why uh, was the black man facing the wall? And that was a good movie. I bought it on um, di- digitally. It's a good, cute, fun rom- rom-com where he plays the doctor and... Who's the third guy? It was so Zach Efron, Miles Teller, and Michael B. Jordan. Anyway, good good movie. Um Okay. What else? Yeah, the that that lift shit was really weird. I don't know how I got tagged into that. I'm not a CEO. I'm not even I don't even have a blue check mark. Why are you including me in this lady? And then oh, did I think Did I look at is she like a Trump supporter? Let me see. Um, she it seems like she complains a lot. Who is it? So she added somebody. You have my. T- she's trying to get a refund. Let Let's see if she ever got. It. Oh, somebody actually. Wow, so I think somebody actually got back to her. Wait a minute. Let me see what her if she ever. Okay, somebody. Uh... <laughs> oh, shit. People are mean. So, okay. So somebody tweeted at David Risher. Uh David Risher is the incoming CEO. This is so. I'm trying to see if I can. I look at this. So I'm looking at it on TweetDeck. This is riveting podcasting here. Let's see. She complained. Let me try to, there's gotta be a better way to to use this. Oh, she complained about her experience, 61 years old, disabled. You won't refund me just $25. And then she went to ask Lyft. They brought a case. So it looks like they're reviewing the case. I mean, review it, make sure everything's taken care of. Could you please DM us at your earliest convenience? I already did, and you tweeted your answer. You have my details. All I ask is a refund, of $25. Somebody said Lyft help. Oh, there's, a, there's an app. So apparently Lyft, do they fuck people over? Lyft help. Lyft don't give a, a, a F. This is a joke account. Somebody says, that's our money now, Grandma. Wow. Okay. She's, yeah. Somebody Now, yesterday I ordered a car and then somebody, they said he was like f- five minutes away or something. And then he canceled it and it went to somebody else. That was like a, I mean, those rides are not cheap. That was a, I spent 30, I think I spent $37 uh, for for a ride. Like maybe it was like a 15, 15, 20 minute ride to the uh, shop that I go to. But he didn't, I guess the ride wasn't expensive enough for him. I don't, I don't know. So yeah, she, let me see. I thought she was a. Uh, She's still going on. I hope they get her 20, 25, but I hope they give her money back. Yeah, she retweeted Donald Trump. Siri, don't want Okay. I, Siri, I, found I don't want it. I didn't say I wanted anything. Check w- it out. I didn't want that. Stop it. She retweeted Donald Trump. President Trump on what to expect from this week. That was in 2020. So she's tweeting Donald, retweeting Donald Trump shit. Okay, yeah, she's a Trumper. Kaylee McHenry, this is in July 30th, 2020. Herman Cain embodied the American dream and represented the very best of the American spirit. Our hearts grieve for his loved ones and they will remain in our prayers at this time. We will never forget his legacy of grace, patriotism and faith and dying for uh the white man yeah that that's yeah she's she's a trumper but she doesn't deserve to uh be left out in the cold by a lift i should they should give her her money back i hope that she gets her money back um i don't know know what you mean by i shouldn't they should give her her money i didn't say see big brother listening to us they can why don't they just subscribe just like everybody else? I don't I shouldn't have to uh you know, come on. I accidentally hit something for somebody that I follow on Instagram and they keep showing I I don't know how you like I it's almost like I subscribed to a thing, but I didn't want to subscribe. And it it kind of keeps popping up. All right, anyway, I've been rambling and stuff. I, I'm going to get to some I'm going to talk about a couple audiobooks, some TV, and I'll review some movies. And and I'll give you your day back. You'll have your life back after this. I've been going for 41 minutes. Okay. Let's see. Um, Okay. So, I've gotten back into some audiobooks. I listened to Stephen A. Smith's audiobook, Straight Shooter. It's pretty good. Um... I actually did really like it to to learn more about his story and his childhood and uh, what he went through in and, and college and stuff at ESPN. I, St- Stephen A. is fascinating to me. I think he's one of the best uh, in the business right now for doing what he does. I do not like his takes on... Um, I don't like the I don't like the company he keeps. Sports takes are sports takes. Like whoever who who gives a shit. But when it comes down to like the stuff about like social issues where he hangs out with Tuck with Hannity and, and these, these guys who who don't really who I don't think like black people, uh who are racist and wouldn't say that Trump's racist. It's like that I was telling a friend this afternoon, actually, he's like, I don't know. What he's-. I have a, fr- a friend that's like, yeah, you have your 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 real good friend that's super woke, um, <laughs> and it's just, it's like, yeah, no, I I don't agree with that either. <laughs> it's nothing you could really, it's nothing you could really say, but like, it's just, where was I going with that? <laughs> it's just, but I I I find. I find his I, if you're if you've liked anything he's ever done, I mean, it would be good to, to hear his story. So I wanted to hear his story. And I said, you know what? Because I, I watched him uh, on Dan Levitard's uh, that South Beach Sessions uh, podcast that he does. And I was watching that. I was like, damn, this and the stories that of his life that Dan Levitar was referring to. I was like, Oh shit. I didn't know this about him. I didn't know this. Let me hear the words coming from this man's mouth directly. So on my trip to Atlantic city last week, I, I listened to it and on my, on my way down and listened to some of it on the way back and I knocked it out over the course of like five days, uh, kind of just listening to it. Like you listen to a podcast and, um, yeah, it was it was it was really fascinating. I just don't like the company he keeps, and like I don't know trying to defend Trump. He didn't vote for he's an, he's an independent, but like Trump is his friend or some shit. It's just weird, man. I I wouldn't I would if I'm that you can't be pro black and hang out with Donald Trump. You can't have it all. So that's that's that I don't care for, but I gave him fifteen bucks for his book. Uh also I listened to I had this for a long time actually. Uh Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zonner, which is a series of essays. Michelle Zonner not only wrote this this uh book, uh, it's gonna be made into a film uh pretty soon. And uh she's also the lead singer of this band called Japanese Breakfast that's been on SNL, this toured the world uh i remember mentioning the the latest album that they or at least came out maybe 2018 or so i remember talking about it on the pod uh not too long ago um what's the name of the newest one the newest album's called jubilee if you go if you're into uh like i was talking about the homie uh jl covan's album um Keep my enemies closer, like if you. I said that was JL's essential album, but if you go look, you go look in on Apple Music and you look up Japanese Breakfast. Jubilee is there. Is Japanese Breakfast essential album, and that came out in twenty twenty one. So I liked it. It was really good. It's basically telling the story. She's Korean, and um, no, oh shit. Is she Korean? Her mother's Korean. I think she is Korean. I don't want to fuck this up. Hold on a second. Um, Michelle Zahner. Um, Let's see. Korean American. Okay, I was right. Why does it feel like crying in H Mart was 2021? It felt like it felt like it was older, but I guess that's about right. Then, okay. So yeah, she's Korean American, and she's talking about like really making food, making food from her culture, and dealing with the death of her her mother and like when her mother got sick, and it's it's not the happiest of books. But it's very good. It, it was a good read. It was a good listen, I guess. I don't know what, what you say to that. Like, do you call it a read or or whatever? But I thought it was really good. And I listened to that last week. I'm kind of into listening to these people that have memoirs for some reason. I don't know. Just about just kind of about the stories that they they tell about their own lives. So it's good when you when you listen to that um Jeanette McCurdy book that um my Kaplan and I were talking about. It was good to get it from her reading her, her book. So I really enjoyed that. So I I think the next one I should have I did Viola Davis also. I talked about that. I did Quinta Brunson, Viola Davis, um uh there's so there's more that I wanna check out in that way to hear from the uh I think Constance Wu I wanna check out. Constance Wu, Parker Posey, Sarah Polly, some more people. Yeah, so that, that's uh, audio that's audiobook uh Chronicles there. Audiobook corner. Um, TV. I've been watching Bel Air. I like that. I'm I'm caught up on season two. So I think maybe there's two episodes left. I've been enjoying that. That's been really good. I was late to the party on that one. But I I think it's fun. It's an interesting uh, take on the sitcom. It's almost like that... Well, I need to finish. Uh, Kevin can fucking kill himself. Kevin can go fuck himself. Uh, That story where the woman's... I talked about it last season. JL recommended that one uh, on his show. And, like, there's a woman that's, like, living in a sitcom. And when she's hanging out with her... Every time she's with her husband like the fat jolly doofus white guy and then when she leaves when the husband's not around it's like a real like it's the, the everything looks like it's a drama everything looks like normal and and kind of grounded and it's not sitcom everything's not sitcom bright it's really good the first season was good i got I have him on my DVR is that old now is that is our DVRs archaic now I don't know, but I have it on my DVR, and um, I need to watch season two. They only did two seasons. Um, Excited for Barry uh, coming on tonight, two episodes. I'm super excited for that. Succession was really good. Um, For everybody that was surprised, the show's called Succession. I'm sounding like a douche uh, raining on everybody's parade, though. Because the way everybody's talking... I'm like, God, I can't fuck... Oh, my God! So, I was probably like that about... Was I even like that about Mayor of East- I mean, I dedicated a podcast to Mayor of Easttown, so of that And The Last of Us. So, I, I can't really... I'm a nerd, too. But I was just... I don't know. It was good. I'm just not that... You know what it is? I'm not that emotionally invested in Succession. Because all of those people are, for the most part, bad people. Those are people that you can judge. Water break. Those are people that you can judge and say, I'm I'm better than that. I'm not that. I'm not that much of a piece of shit. I'm better than those people. But that show is one of the greatest white people being mean to each other shows. And it's family. Not only is it just like uh, people you're dealing with in business, but it's just like people being cutthroat to their family. It's crazy. Uh, been liking that. That's back. Yellow Jackets, I'm, you know it's fine i'm gonna keep up with it you know i'm gonna keep i'm gonna stay with it but it's like it's too many i don't know it's it's too much getting too much like lost when they didn't they claim to have a bible they claim to, to say that they know what's gonna happen so the creators i think they claim that they they know how they want things to be so we'll see i'm gonna continue to watch um Not my favorite show right now, but my favorite show right now that does not fail to deliver, and I think it's the best black show on TV. It's it's Power Book Two, Ghost. Man, oh man! Speaking of my late great dad, he loved that show, (laughs) and I don't know, like I loved it too, cause I mean it was just so much. It's so much fun. I didn't know my dad watched until like maybe maybe towards the end i think he got into it I, w- I think he got into it after the first series ended and then he's he went back and started watching them all but i was just into it i think it's low key better not even not to shit on the work omari hardwick did no cuz i think he laid the foundation he played that role so well that people love that universe they love that world and it's just still fun i think raising canaan is great i don't know the the one with um the one with the white guy it's all right but this no i got i got into i got mad with some certain choices of people they killed i wasn't too keen on it um what's the white guy's name in power i forget power book was it power book for force it's it's, uh, Tommy. Yeah, it's like, a, it's, it's okay. Um, but I love, I love Raising Canaan, and I love, uh, book two. I love ghost. It's good. And it's just like, oh, you can, you kind of, you can kind of see, oh, this shit's not right. This ain't going to be right. This ain't right. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is going to happen. Oh, and then something, it's fun. It's so much fun. I love that show. Snowfall. I think is' ending next week this week. I feel pretty i it's kind of been off the rails for for a while uh but what happened last week I'm hoping Teddy's dead. I just didn't want Teddy to get the best of uh of of Franklin, but we'll see what happens this week. I want Franklin to get his money and get away just like I wanted Walter White to get away, but um. I didn't really care about too much about any other characters, to be honest with you. Um, I'm glad Wanda's clean. She's got a spinoff, so she, you know, she's not gonna die. I just didn't want Teddy to kill Franklin. Um, so that's that's TV. The SNL I thought was really good. Ana de Armas. I didn't know what to expect from that one, but th- it was. There were a couple of sketches that were so funny. I watched this morning before I left. Uh, the one, one that they did about the album, the album recording with, uh, her and Ego. Oh my God. Oh, that was so good. It was so funny. Um, I, you know, people again, do I, if I'm not trying to kiss anybody's ass, I don't know who listens to this show. To be honest with you, there's several hundred people that listen to it. I know some people I've been friendly with some people that are on the show. I would never shit, even if I didn't like SNL, I wouldn't shit on it on my podcast. Uh, I always, some, there's a famous quote from 30 Rock that says, live every week like it's Shark Week. I say that you should live every week like you could get booked on SNL. That's what I say. And just because I want to book SNL as a writer or performer doesn't mean that I did, didn't think that that it was funny. Just to just to say it that it's funny. But it seems like and I have to talk to Darren after this. You know what? After the I'll, I'll if I'll try to reach I'll reach out to Darren Patterson because he ha- hosts a show called SNL Nerds. And um I'll see what he thinks about this season. But I've texted him I was like yeah, he's kind of they're kind of letting some people cook now. And it's like, oh, this is and I this is the episode that such and such became a cast member, like it's like they're letting people stand out. So, I think they're hitting their stride. You know, everybody always says, oh, this cast was better than Darren and I talked about this the last time he was on. But there's stuff in every season. There's talented fucking people on that show. Um, some people, I'm I wish work it worked out more for them, but at the same time, if they they left and they're able to have a career because they were on SNL. So, it worked out for them, but I really think that this cast is hitting their hitting its stride. Um I want to talk about a couple movies and I I'll, I'll get you out of here. We're almost at an hour, but I think you can you can endure me <laughs> for a few more minutes. So, I went to the theater this week a couple of, three two, a couple of times um with let's see. Uh so The first movie I saw last week was Air. Uh, I'll read you the blurb from Letterboxd. Some icons are meant to fly. Discover the game-changing partnership between a then-undiscovered Michael Jordan and Nike's fledgling basketball division, which revolutionized the world of sports and culture with the Air Jordan brand. This movie is directed by Ben Affleck, stars Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, Chris Messina, Chris Tucker, Ronald Wayans, and Viola Davis. Now, I saw these trailers, and okay. I was skeptical, folks. I was like, uh, but these white people, Michael Jordan, these white people, Michael Jordan's not really in it, and it's fucking blah, 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 blah. blah. And then I said, "You know what? I saw some people, some l a comedians. they all went to the theater together to see it. Now these were people that I define as sneakerheads. There are people that were going to watch this movie like it was a Marvel movie, and I was like, Oh, they're kind of going to see it like that, huh And I said, You know what let me let me go see it. I don't know if i listen if if, if I listen to Any one of the homies. Did JL mention this? I think he did. I don't know. I don't remember. But I did. I saw this movie. I really fucking liked it. It was really compelling. Like Sonny Vaccaro. I kind of knew. I knew the story about how they recruited Michael. Uh, If you don't. It's it's worth seeing, man. It's it is a very good movie. It's a it's a workplace. It's essentially a workplace drama and about getting these sneakers and I think early, you know, this is this is uh early talk. I'm just taking this stuff in as I see it. I could see some Oscar nominations for uh possibly Ben Affleck. It's too early for that, but Matt Damon hit best I don't know if you call it. I mean, he's the driving force of this film. As I mean, he gives all all it takes is one speech. He had two of them. I want to say, I feel like he had two, but there's this one speech towards the end where he's in the room with Michael Jordan and his mother and father. And it's like, Ooh, Wow. Holy shit. I was talking to a co-worker about it. I was like, it is worth seeing. It's worth seeing. If you get a chance to see it in the theater, if you, I mean, these movies come out after a month or so, but then they want you to pay 20 bucks digitally. um, To rent. This is a really good movie. I was so impressed. I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised about this. And I know the homie Ba on the Firestarter podcast was talking about it. He was raving over it uh, as much as the homie Ba raves. But like, like very, like, very, very good. It was really good. It was so compelling because, you know, everybody knows who Michael Jordan becomes. But it's like. You see, you see him as Sonny Vaccaro, like really trying to sell this shoe, and they it was it was a fledgling uh, basketball division. They were Nike was mainly running shoes, and it was really just Converse and Adidas that were the main attraction for people to go. And they had a certain amount, uh, a budget of two hundred fifty k, and back then in early eighties, eighty four, uh, I think, um, that's a lot of money back then. But they were going to use that money to get two or three guys. But Nike was trying to get that much that to one dude. <coughs> Excuse me. And there's certain things that uh, I didn't know about it. There was a I don't remember the 30 for 30. Let me try to get it because I remember him talk. Sonny Vaccaro talking about the shoe. Is it sneakers? Is it Soul Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the one. Twenty fifteen. Soul Man offers a snapshot into how America's playground sport became a sophisticated and increasingly soulless business. Meet Sonny Vaccaro, a true original, whose motives and staggering set of relationships played a similar role in creating big money, multimedia, international phenomenon called basketball. Soul Man. So that's that's what it is. So if you if you, I saw that, but that was like seven, you know, like seven years ago or eight years ago, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, yeah, eight years ago. And, um, I was like, oh yeah, okay. He had that. Yeah. I get, I remember that, but this is like playing out like an hour and a half hour, almost two hours of that. So good. took place over a couple weeks in the pocket. So good so good grown up movie very good grown up movie about a superhero loved it can't recommend it enough so the next movie i saw was super mario brothers i saw that uh some asshole at the movies bought a t- a seat that i had to sit next to him i was like i got i can't do this so i moved to another uh another seat after them before it started i couldn't sit by this dude for all uh, with his kids that long i hate when people do that i wanted my seat in the back but i ended up having a good time it was okay let me read this but everybody should fucking know about super mario brothers i mean what are, i mean what are we doing here so here we go here's a letter blurb um while working underground to fix a water main Brooklyn plumbers and brothers Mario and Luigi are transported down a mysterious pipe and wander into a magical new world. But when the brothers are separated, Mario embarks on an epic quest to find Luigi. <coughs> I loved it. It was fun. I, I gave it, you know, three and a half stars on the letterbox. I enjoyed it. It was cute. Um, if you have any... If you love playing the games as a kid, I mean, you why wouldn't you go see this? Uh, I think if you saw it, you would enjoy it. It stars Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor Joy, Charlie Day, Jack Black, Keegan Michael Key. I didn't know that, and Seth Rogen, Fred Armisen, bunch of people. I really enjoyed it. It's it's fun. I I kind of got a little emotional towards the end. I don't know if that I'm just becoming a softy. I think I've always been kind of a softie, but there was a moment towards like, it's just about like, you know, in the world, they're kind of before they get, they get transported down the mysterious pipes. They kind of get shit on a little bit. And then they have to save their town event. There's something that there's an event that happens when they, they make what they do well for themselves. And in those moments, I mean, you can kind of anticipate what's gonna happen, uh, but there's just, it, it's a fun movie. It's 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 for kids. Uh, Jack Black, who he I don't think he's ever phoned anything in, but uh, he really sold Bowser. Um, they're gonna make a part two. This thing might have gotten what six hundred million at the box office. I I um I'm, let me go to box office mojo. Uh, where are we at? Box office mojo. Sometimes these things can be hard to read. Latest daily is 25 million. Um. Okay. Well, let's see. Super Mario Brothers 87. uh, I guess that's today. Jesus. April 9th. I don't know how they see every time I come here. I was trying to do this in real time. Can I do more? Can I do the weekend? Okay. I don't know if this. So this isn't worldwide. This is three hundred forty-seven million. Three hundred forty-seven point eight million. The Pope's exorcist. I don't know what that. I don't know about that. Dungeons and Dragons. I heard was good. Do you got? Do they have? Do they have worldwide? Do they have, like, an international? Okay, worldwide. Wow. Okay, here we go. Worldwide, $677.9 million. Man, that's insane. So they're going to make a part two. Um, I enjoyed it. It's fun. Uh, I I think after I turned... after After I became a teenager... I was more of a PlayStation guy. I got my PlayStation when I was 16. And that's like... That's like Final Fantasy. Yeah, that's kind of like... Sports. Sports games. Like Metal Gear. You know, stuff like that. Mario Nintendo's always kind of been for kids. But, you know, I bought a Switch. I mean, I remember loving... Like, you know, that movie The Wizard. That's another... The wizard, the wizard, and Garden State are two movies that I don't like. This revisionist revisionist history bullshit, you know. They try to shim that movie. That movie was great. Um, yeah, so I re- remember loving that. That was like when Super Mario was the wizard. Was that Super Mario Two? Super Mario, no, Super Mario Three. Super Mario Three. That's when you can be the raccoon. Yeah, so that's when that game, yeah, I loved it. Anyway, okay, last movie, and then I'll let you guys go. All right, um, let me go back to my profile. Showing up, Kelly Riker directed Michelle Williams stars in this movie. You got, okay, here we go. Showing up, art imitates life. An artist on the verge of a career-changing exhibition navigates family, friends, and colleagues in the lead-up to her show and finds the chaos of her life becomes the inspiration for more great art. Um, Five fucking stars for this. Uh, Michelle Williams is a generational great. Someone was asking me, you know, is, is she like a white starlet? I was like, I think she kind of did some white starlet stuff. But, like mid 20s to late like looking at I have to look at her her credits and stuff but she just kind of turned into this actress that just didn't did the stuff that she was attracted to she you know could hold her own in these big budget films but then she really like just listening to her in interviews she the heart of the heart of what she really wants to do as an artist uh is in these small smaller pictures. Um I really liked, you know, she did Wendy. I think it was was it Wendy and Lucy where she kind of made that turn? I don't know. I'll talk about that another time. But so this movie set in, in Oregon. A lot of Kelly Reichert's films are set in the Pacific Northwest. And I think Oregon in particular, but some of her movies, she's done four with uh Michelle Williams there, there's been it first started off with the first thing they did together was Wendy and Lucy they've done uh certain women I think it was Wendy and Lucy Meeks cut off certain women and then now showing up but she's also done a film that got a lot of re- great reviews called First Cow which I need to see um then there was Old Joy I've seen that I've seen Night Moves I've seen Certain Women, River of Grass I have not seen, but uh, I like Kelly Reichardt's movies. They're very, uh, they're like small and character driven. Showing up for me, for me now, this was like a great in the pocket art house flick. It was, it's set in Oregon uh, it all takes place, and I like the way the way that this is. And I'm trying not to nerd too hard about this, because I don't want to overhype this. Is this Columbus? Is this on the same level as Columbus? I don't think so, but it might be. Is it in the same arena? Yes, I would say based on my personal hype that I had for it. So, me being a, a bit of an A24 label whore, a little bit of one, I was like, oh, this is a... But first, I was like, oh, it's Michelle Williams and Kelly Reichert. They love working together. I'm excited to see this. I'll see Michelle Williams in anything she does. Um, uh, so, I was like, oh, shit, I'm, 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 I want to see this one. It, and it opened last week. And I had so much going on last week that I didn't want to go into the city and pay for parking. Could you find parking in New York City where you don't have to pay? Yeah, you probably do, but I just didn't want anything popping off. You know, it just... Anyway, whatever. So I was like, ah, do I want to go pay tolls? And I said, you know what? Chris, get up. Go see this movie. You know you want to see it. Enjoy. Just enjoy yourself, bro. I really did like it, just for all the personal hype that I put on it, my own personal stuff. Like, I oh, go see it; it was great. I really, I really did like it. It was one of those films that's kind of like a, a slice of life. When you find the way that there's not much backstory, backstory is revealed in the in this within the script, uh, within like just the things progressing in the script that you find out. Oh, how are these people are related in some way. Oh, this is kind of uh, this is interesting. Uh, and if you're an artist, if you're any type of artist, uh, these are these people deal in visual arts. It was filmed at um the now defunct Oregon College of Art and Craft, which uh, closed at the end of the tw- spring twenty nineteen semester. And they filmed most of it there. It's like a private college where uh, people can... You can get your bachelor, BFA and MFA and art focused. You could have done that. It's not there anymore. But it was just like an interesting... Um, I like movies that are very specific to a, a, a region, a town, and what's what what's around that community. And I think Kelly Riker captured that with this because that's what she knows. I was listening to her in an interview talk about that, she was like, yeah, you know, like, that, this place where it's these characters one of the character, two of these characters live, I've lived in those apartments, I know, it, and it's just, um, it's just like, just like air, it's kind of like what happens over the course of a couple of weeks, um, that's, that's what's happening, and for this, it's not trying to get Michael Jordan to, to you know sign with you it's like i got this art show coming up it's big kind of got some family shit going on that i'm worried about this other thing happens and i kind of i'm it's interrupting this thing that i'm dealing with this show but i kind of care about this and uh it's just all this stuff it, it it reminded me a lot of what i was going what i've Got going on in my life uh, reminded me of some things about my family. Not not anything bad. Some of it not great, but some pretty good. And it it, it was just a just a really good movie. I don't think, and I don't want to size it. It's hard because it's like it's hard because we all bring our own shit to whatever we consume. But I just felt really good about this because. It was overhyped in my head. I wanted to celebrate my dad's birthday uh, doing something that we like to do together. We like to watch movies and talk about them and go eat. And um, it delivered. And I think the, and because and, a lot of times these art house movies, to me, they, they let you down. They've, art house movies let me down more than these big blockbusters do, I think. You know, some of these fucking things don't have an ending. <laughs> some of them don't end right. It just—it's just like it's fucking over, and it's like you get so hyped about it, and then it's like, oh man, that wasn't that good, and then you—you just—you're just disappointed. But I don't know. I—it's I, like what you have to do to get to the fucking movie. Like it's like you think about all these people that come see stand up. And they they get a babysitter. They do this. They do that. I'm not getting a babysitter. But it's like I got to cross these these uh, these movies that only premiere in New York and L.A. when they first come out, and you got to wait a couple weeks for it to come to a theater near you. It's like yeah, I have access to this stuff, but it's like you, excuse me, you gotta you gotta like look for parking and worry about if your car is gonna be safe and and all this crap and pay tolls and worry about that kind of money where you could just, should I just wait till it comes out? But I was just like, I don't know. This was like this. I think maybe this in my adult adult life. Yeah, man. I think like, I think this is a, it's, I don't know. Time time will tell, I guess. I know I'm going to buy this one. It just gave me a good feeling. I just liked it. Andre three the Andre Benjamin, he did the there wasn't much of a score. There was there was music in it, but he did he played the flute in between certain scenes. Um I don't know if they consider they say this is a comedy, but like it's just a for me it's just like a slice of life. And it's just really like she uses a lot of actors that I think they, I think they just might be real people or I think they just might not be that experience. It's not like they're bad or anything, but it's just like, she puts, and I think some of the, actually, probably some of those people were working at that Oregon College of Arts and Crafts, Art and Craft. Um, they had black people in it. There were, there was Andre, there was a young man that worked at the college a young black guy and there was a young black woman who ran the art art gallery and it wasn't like oh we're putting them in they were just there it's just like that seems like that's real like that would be oregon and uh uh th- th- and that would be that that town i don't know if it was uh portland or whatever but it it just i think it just said i think it's just uh let me see oh I think it was yeah, I think it was. It was Portland. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, really liked it. Really just a really, really good film. This might be. Now, I have not seen First Cow. And I need to maybe rewatch Meek's Cut-Off. I don't even think I really watched Meek's Cut-Off. I did like Certain Women. But this was, this was really good. This might be her best one. Kelly Reichert's. I don't know. But I was I really loved it. Another thing, and I, I lied to you, I thought that uh I thought that I was gonna do um just this be let this be the end of it. But I can't I can't not talk to you guys about this new Black Thought L. Michaels Affair product project. Uh, holy shit. It was really good. Uh, I was not expecting anything less from Black Thought. Uh What's the name of it? It's Glorious Game. L. Michael's Affair in Black Thought. It's a project uh, that came out on my dad's birthday. And my goal was to listen to this while driving, taking a trip. Like, just driving to Ruckers, because it's long enough to where you can vibe out and listen to music. But I got a phone call from a friend. And then uh, I was talking to my friend. And that's always good to hear from a friend and then i was driving back home from FUD records and then my mom called but i did listen to the whole album eventually because uh, my dad and i used to I always this is just a funny story that i've talked about on the show before but there was a there's a time where um it's when the not when still mad it came out and it was that that ether's record i just remember buying it getting an album at best buy remember listening to it with some friends a friend who had the bootleg but just buying going to Best Buy buying it my dad and I were just driving around and we used to do that a lot I think he was showing me how to get somewhere I was in college and um, Ether came on and my dad was listening to it he's like wow he really doesn't like that guy (laughs) he's like what he's like what happened (laughs) what did that other guy do what did Jay Z do so I had to like kind of explain the beef as I knew it to him, and he's like, "Oh, wow!" But uh, that was funny. So I just remembered that. But um, my dad loved he loved music. He uh, he liked Biggie. I think he really loved Ready to Die, because he had that CD. I had the CD. I think I left it, and he it was in his tape deck. I was like, "Wow, okay." But he, and he also uh, another funny dad moment. Um, I'm I'm one of these dudes that loved those movies like Save the Last Dance. So I bought it on on DVD. I remember like coming downstairs. <laughs> coming downstairs like on I was visiting or something. That's probably I was home for the summer. And I remember going down or th- waking up early cuz my dad would wake up early and he was watching Save the Last Dance. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. It's just like your my I like in 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 my stand up he was uh and I'd say like he's like that tough. He was, he was he was a man's man, but he was a a sweet guy. He was kind to, he was kind to people, but he was just it, it, I I don't know, is that is that a is that baby boomer era? If you're born in 1941? No, that's that's not baby boomer era. That generation where you kind of kept shit in and he I didn't I don't keep shit in. I'm on talking to you guys on the fucking podcast. But he would talk to me. But it was just funny for him. He he was still like a man's man, a tough guy. Uh I always thought he was cooler than me. And he He was watching Save the Last Dance. I just thought he was funny. He liked but he liked all that shit. I think that's where I get it from. like I, I will love a Marvel movie. I'll but what I really enjoy are these movies like showing up, but like I got off track, but this uh, L Michaels affair I I heard of I first found out about them. I think when they played, they were backing up Freddie Gibbs on his tiny desk uh, performance. So if you haven't seen Freddie Gibbs's tiny desk, watch that and they really rocked out, man. And they, so when I found out that they were working together, I was like, oh, shit, it's really groovy. There's like stories that he tells a really great story. I'm trying to figure out the. it was like one painting a picture of what it was like to be in Philly when he was a kid. The record's called The Weather. But um, yeah, it's it's really terrific. But anytime you get black thoughts spitting over a fucking track, I mean, come on. And, he's, and it's his whole project. It's only a half an hour. So it's easy to listen to and re-listen um but it's it's just he's I think he's the best to ever do it and um and it's great that he's doing this stuff and he's being really he's been really prolific um uh recently so he's putting out fantastic work and so that's another muzak recommendation so you got move you got some audiobook reviews you got some movie reviews and you got me talking talking to you so i appreciate everybody thank you so much for listening that is it for the week and i reckon i'll talk to you next time take it easy everybody